How's it going? I'm Giovanni Lanayo, and you're listening to Improv Conspiracy Podcast. I'm going to be talking about my thoughts on musical improv. The Improv Conspiracy Podcast with your host, Ronnie. Hello, my friends. Welcome. Good to have you. Thanks for being here. What's going on with me? That's what I ask myself every time I sit down to record one of these little preambles. What's something worth sharing before the show? And the answer, at least during lockdown, has been consistently nothing. (laughs) Uh, Looking forward to shows. I mean, classes, because, I mean, shows are a long way off. But I'm looking forward to classes one day coming back. And then I can start to feel like myself again. Perhaps, especially once shows back, I guess, in 2021 or something crazy. Until then, I talk about a subject I know with some people I know. Today, uh, the subject, as always, is improv. The person today that I know is Giovanni Lanayo. She's an LA-based musical improviser. She's an actor, a voiceover actor, a freestyle rapper. She's a member of Baby Wants Candy, a uh, world-class musical improv troupe. And uh, if you want to know who you're dealing with uh, or you want to uh, keep up with Giovanni after the episode, you can watch her work in Between Two Ferns on Netflix or you can follow her on Instagram at Giovanni, J-I-A-V-A-N-I. Or you can do both of those things. I mean, why not? Why wouldn't you do both? Uh, We talk about musical improv. We also talk about unscripted film projects. We talk about Giovanni's start in improv and some difficulties that were there. Uh, present for her in that beginning. It's a really good chat. She's a great hang. I had a good time. I hope you do too. Here's my friend, Giovanni. I love it. I don't know. I don't know what the scene is like in Australia, but it's up and I mean, not during quarantine, but it's up and running in LA. There's like a lot of opportunities to do musical improv. I perform with uh, a company called Baby Wants Candy. We perform around the world, go to Iceland, um, Scotland, New York, Australia, all over the place. Um, And it feels really, really good. Like we get a suggestion from the audience. We have a band on stage with us and then we improvise for an hour. Um, an entire musical full of characters, dancing, songs, etc. And it's super fucking fun most of the time. Sometimes it can be really frustrating because it's just like so many balls in the air. And when it's just like, when it gets overwhelming of just like trying to do so many things at once, it's just like, why are we doing this? Why are we here? Because it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. But then the stakes got so high. I'm around the world. This is crazy. There's so many people here. Why? Why are we doing this? But at the end of the day, it really is fun. I think one of my favorite aspects of it is the dancing. And I think that that's like one of the least um, least focused on aspects of musical improv. But I think that there's like a whole world of improvised dance within comedy that is yet to be explored 
probably because improvising lyrics that rhyme makes sense and are cohesive with a team of people is hard enough without thinking about what your hands, feet, torso, etc., are doing. But I just think like, what a beautiful way to create art with someone else, especially in the context of comedy, not that it has to be comedic and can just be supplemental to the scene that you're in, but it can be wild. It can be wild. It can be beautiful. It can be poignant. It can just be super interconnected. I just like, I just like joining with people on these artistic wavelengths. And I'm not trying to talk like any of this stuff is saving the world because I, I don't want to be obnoxious. It's, it's, it's improv and it's comedy and it's just for fun. But I mean, like there's no, there's no faster way to like scientifically or biologically, whatever, to like join up wavelengths with another person then it, if you're singing together, that's like the fastest, most effective way to join brain wavelengths. And like, I don't know anything about the scientific part of like what dance does, but I mean, God, like we're, we are social beings. We're sexual beings. I'm not saying that the dancing has to be sexual, but I'm just saying like our bodies, <laughs> our bodies, like, creating something together is inherently mm, harmonious and to have that on top of improvising a song and a story together I think is really powerful uh thank you I don't know what you want and I don't care Brian <laughs> I did what I did <laughs> Uh, I'm going to keep that little snippet of you going, and I don't care, Brody. This and... is all for it. I told you, I don't want you to edit anything. If I, leave in, if I go do laundry, you leave it. If I go to the bathroom, you leave it. If I tell you you're a fucking asshole, you leave it in. Um, no, I'll certainly leave it in this episode, but I mean I'm going to use it as a sting for a lot of episodes. I don't care what you want, Brody. <laughs> Um, but didn't you say there was something else that you wanted to um, cross off in your rant? You covered musical theatre, musical improv, but wasn't there something else? Oh, um, unscripted film projects. Yeah, tell me a bit about that first. Yeah, I, so I was in uh, Netflix Between Two Ferns, the movie with Zach Galifianakis, um, which was a, a mostly improvised feature film. Um, and then I did a, um, I did a pilot, uh, from the producers of Reno 911 that, uh, called Chasers. Um, that's, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to it with quarantine and everything, but, uh, with pandemic stuff, but, um, that's an improvised, uh, TV show, much like, much to the format, like, um, like Reno 911. And that's like, I mean, that's its own thing. Cause like there's, it's improv with like a with like um uh that's like a little bit more sustainable financially which is nice mm. and like yeah. exciting that like those jobs exist because you know it was like improv was never supposed to make money that mm. was like that i feel like i've been insanely lucky like the like it was there was that was never that was never part of the trajectory it was to be able to 
do only this. You've been it was in always supposed like to you... be in tiny basements and bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but like it's you know there's like there's a it's actually like a much higher ceiling than I ever thought there would be. So. Yeah, like that. The film stuff is really, really fun. Would you? Were you saying something? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. It's just you've been in. Like you weren't intending to make money off just the improv, but it's been training you all this time for those moments where you've been able to use it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm so grateful because, like, I mean that oh, that pilot was so fun, and that one was like uh, between two ferns was great, but I didn't know a lot of the people I was improvising with, but the pilot, like they, they had a, they had like cool celebrities and stuff, but also just like a bunch of people from, um, Upright Citizens Brigade, which is the theater where I normally do my live shows. Um, so it was like people that I'm like, Oh, we speak a very similar, if not the same improv language, you know, maybe I've never played with them before, but we come from the same like school at least. And that was like, Oh man, we're doing improv. We're getting paid. There's free food. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> and because you told last time I saw you, you told me a brief story about the like the process of Between Two Ferns. Um, could you? I don't know if you remember it all. I feel like there was fruit involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, fruit. Um, yeah. So with with Between Two Ferns, it's like. Um, there's like a loose script that has like a basic story of what's going to happen. Uh, and like, <laughs> it's like some of it's like, and then there will be a scene with a celebrity. And that's like, that's all it will <laughs> say. Um, and then on the day you kind of know like, okay, there's like some, we're going to do something in an office. And then they might give you a piece of paper. That's like, that's like, okay, you can say something to this effect if you want, but like, basically we want to see, these two characters interact today and that's like that's all that we need is just to see these two people interact in some way and then you just go and like the the fruit thing i was telling you about was i did a scene i did a scene with um jason schwartzman and they were like okay we're gonna have you guys interact in the break room at the office um do you want anything and i was like uh can i have um I have a bunch of plums <laughs> and they're like okay and like somebody's got like a walkie-talkie on their shoulder like Giovanni needs plums so somebody please goes go get some plums and like somebody like went to the store got a bunch of plums and, like, um, and that was just like wild <laughs> that it was nothing nothing was too weird like nothing was like it was just like if you have an idea like let's do it which is not would not happen on a normal movie set to just like have an idea and try it. I think it comes with its own challenges doing like a long um, improvised filmed project like that though, because like sometimes you have wild ideas and it's like, I don't know if they're gonna use that. So like, I'm hesitant to comment on it later. Like you don't wanna call back to things because like, you have no oh, idea right. what's gonna still work or what's gonna be in there. Like I established at one point that one of the other characters was my cousin and I'm like, <laughs> I can't reference that again because I don't know. Um, then they're like, okay, let's do this one where you guys are a couple. Let's do this one where you aren't. And then it's like, and then you do another scene a few days later, you're like, I don't know what our relationship is or like how it is exactly that I, like how I relate to you. Um, and like, it's just, it's just that part can be tricky, mm. you know, when we're talking about like a 90 minute thing. 
but you know at the end of the day motherfucking fun yo and so like the the plums thing does that mean you do do you do a bunch of different attempts at the plum scene or do you do one and go like now <laughs> now i want a bag of <laughs> watches <laughs> i suppose that i could have i wasn't going to I wasn't going to send those props people all over town all the time. Plus, I was like, I just think, pl- I one, fr- legitimately love plums. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you just wanted to eat them after the scene. And they're never they're never on set. They're never on set plums. <laughs> so it's one way to just get stuff that you need. It's like when you're on a sketch. I don't know how it, I don't know how it is in Australia, but like there's yeah. like a scam where like if you're on a sketch team, there are some theaters that will um, like give you a stipend for your props. Yeah. So you like, you just have your characters eat at McDonald's every night. <laughs> every McDonald's is not a part of the story, but you hungry. <laughs> you do it. That's so good. I think um, there is a small, uh, at our theatre, there's a small sketch prop budget, but I don't think anyone's been smart enough to use it in that fashion yet. <laughs> you, you get your dinner and your props, you guys. Come on. <laughs> I wasn't just hungry, though. I also just think plums are funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I, nobody can tell me otherwise. Plums are just kind of funny. And the word's funny. It's a funny word. The word is funny. They look like little purple butts. <laughs> <laughs> Which I hadn't connected until this moment, but they do look like little butts. Wow. <laughs> I love that you hadn't thought of that before, because I certainly hadn't. You don't know you don't know why you love something and then it's always because it's a butt. <laughs> Did you say your shows are up and running in LA? Like UCB shows? No, 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 no. I was oh, saying okay. that like in LA musical theater like is a thriving art form, but oh, not gotcha. in not in pandemic. Right. Nothing is thriving. No. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, we are, I feel like we're, buddy, at least six months away from any sort of performance. Oh, and yeah. I, there I got are no jealous instantly because I miss it hardcore. No, 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 no. You're fine. We're all in the same boat. How are you doing missing performing? I was doing too much before. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I, I kind of needed a little moment anyway. Yeah. Um. So that... This was actually, I mean, there have been a lot of things that have been awful <laughs> over the last few months, but, um, oh, for sure. yeah. but taking, taking a break from shows, um, was actually okay. And now I'm like, okay, I could go back to performing more often and like feel, I feel very, I feel much more refreshed after having this break. So I've been okay. And cause you, you're producing as well a bit. Was that right? Yeah. I, I yeah. produce a show, um, a comedy variety show called Gaijin AF. It is, uh, it, there's a larger, um, I don't know what to call it. It's, I mean, it's like more than a show. It's like a whole thing now called Asian AF. And mm-hmm. we're like one arm of that, which is like the gay Asians of Asian AF. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's, but like producing is a huge workload as well. Are you going to, is that something that you're going to go back to? Um, yeah. For that show, I will do it. In general, I don't, I don't love administrative things. But for like a big queer Asian fantasy, uh, yeah. <laughs> and luckily there are there are three other producers who are all like super helpful and lovely, and I like hanging out with them. So I don't feel I don't feel stressed out by it, and I would totally go back to it. I loved uh, at the top you talked about like uh, how especially musical improv, but all of improv is supposed to be fun. But there gets to a point where like in your context, you might be in a different city or a different country, and you're like somehow the stakes got high and now I'm freaking out. 
Um, yeah. And I think, uh, like, just for your for your knowledge, like, your audience right now is, um, you know, improv students probably mostly ranging from they've done one class to they've been doing it for a year. So, uh, and I know that, like, even in their context, like, somehow, somewhere along the way, the stakes get weirdly high. Um, yeah. Speak to that more for me. What do you What do you think? I mean, tr- truthfully, I've come a long way in improv, but I have felt overwhelmed by stakes at some point, at every point, at every like at every stage of my journey, including like high school. I was doing improv in high school, and like we like our our high school improv team got booked at the county fair. <laughs> like that, <laughs> like that's huge. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and then, like, I got on, um, there was, like, a, a short-form team that I admired while I was in high school and then in my early 20s got onto that team. And, like, oh, I just, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and, like, uh, I mean, I'm I'm speaking, I'm speaking to my specific experience now. Please. But, like, like when, when I got onto that, that short form team, which was like renowned in the city that I was in and had, it was like in its like 18th year or something. They told me straight up, like the teammates told me, like, we didn't want you on the team, but we don't have any diversity. So we had to, one person, one person fought for you to be here, but nobody thinks you're ready. Oh my God. (laughs) And so I, and just like was like I have to go and try to be funny now <laughs> like that is so that's so much pressure and like you know there I'm not I'm like not like with other people of color there's like this idea that women are are women mm. are somehow like inferior comedians and I, I like I like that was a lot that was a lot of pressure and then I felt like I had to represent all all black people all asian people all women of color all queers Uh, like like it was too much and then i came i came to la and like when i came to la in 2011 like the scene was extremely white like still like mostly guys you know you had like one girl on a herald team that was like really cool (laughs) um and uh you know, so it was like, again, I'm carrying that feeling. And I still do sometimes. But even outside of like, this, like this pressure of representation, which, you know, is like, largely just like in my head, especially now in in LA, anyways, the, the scene is, has grown and become much more diverse. Yeah. Um, it just like, I don't know, I think you just like start, sometimes you just lose sight of, like, the fun and the 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 friendship like you know it of all art forms like i can't think of one that is more based in friendship <laughs> yeah um than improv and you know it's like we're here to to connect and to laugh and have a good time and we start to think about like what we did wrong yeah so much and it's like what can you really do wrong though was I friends? Did I fun? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like, yeah, you wake up the next day and whether the show was good or not, 
everyone, everybody stopped caring. <laughs> like your audience has stopped caring about your bad yeah. or good show. They don't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, me and my like uh, team I was in uh, a few years ago, Small Car, was me and two of my best buddies. And we did a festival um, where we, we were performing every night and it was the first time we'd done like night after night after night after night after night. Uh, and I remember just halfway through that run, we were just in the biggest pit of despair just like oh. <laughs> we were like meeting at um, a chicken shop before the show and just like barely talking to each other, just like so sad. <laughs> and then like, I don't know what it was, like eventually one of us just was like, when did we stop having, why did we stop having fun? And then like that night finally just like had fun and remembered that like actually having fun is a huge part of what makes this work. <laughs> Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's wild. And, and even like, yeah, I know like a level a level one student st- starts to create stakes in their own head about like passing the class or succeeding in front of X person at the theatre or whatever, like, or their showcase comes along and, oh, my God, the the performer from Harold Knight that they've seen is here. Um, mm. they, want, they want to do good in front of them and it's like, and, and it, it's just pressure on yourself, right? You said yeah. it. No yeah. one else is applying that pressure. It's just your own buddy internal, except for that buddy douchebag who told you that uh, you're only there for diversity. Brutal. Oh, I wish it was just one person. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was a long time ago, luckily. That was a long time ago. Um, yeah, but I've heard the same th- sort of thing happen here. Like, uh, you know, <sighs> lol, we needed a woman for the bill, so are you free this Saturday? Like, <laughs> Yeah, oh my it's... gosh. Don't say that stuff to people. <laughs> just no. don't. Don't do it and don't think it. No. And like, if that's happening to you, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. But like, I just had to like lean into the fact that like, I really like doing this. And so, you know, even if it's true that I am here because of some fucking quota or something, like, I am really good. Yeah. So I'm just going to go out there and like be I mean I had to go I this I don't know if like you take this whole advice but like I had to go like far in the other direction just to like help myself get out of the pit that I could have fallen into where I was like well I'm just gonna go be better than everybody (laughs) yeah I'm just gonna knock everybody like out of the water and just be so so good because I'm having the best time and that was just what I needed at the time. I'm not saying like go showboat, showboat and steamroll everybody, but for me, I just had to like, I just had to remember that like, whatever reason I'm here, I am good. Yeah. Even if they don't like see that entirely yet, like I'm really good and I'm really fun and that's what I'm gonna bring. Yeah. Fuck yeah. In your in Baby One's Candy, I. Imagine I, you do a couple of different types of formats, right? You do obviously they're all musical, improv, but you, you, like structure-wise, they they vary. Is that right? Um, the other uh, show that they have is uh, called Shamilton, and that's right. an improvised rap biography in the style of Hamilton. Yes, right. So that's like baby. It's Shamilton, like under the umbrella of Baby Wants Candy. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So in long form narrative, I'm always fascinated by this um, because. 
I think there's always differing opinions. When you're doing a long-form narrative, what's your approach to the plot? Can can you... <laughs> My approach to the plot... As, as messy or as neat as you can. Yeah, I mean, I think just, like, keeping it as simple as possible. Typically, for those shows, we'll have between between five and eight people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're going for an hour, a plot can get extremely convoluted yes so really it's just a matter of like okay let's figure out like what our main character wants if we have a single main character and like just try to like create obstacles or get them what they want but i think like when it starts when a plot starts to get hard is when we have like a bunch of other characters with really strong wants and then we don't really know who to follow gotcha um so yeah i think that's just like just keeping keeping one larger goal in mind and then having fun with everything else that comes along. Because I I always struggle with this when I try to talk about plot in classes when we're, whenever we're doing um, – we teach the movie at TIC. Um, uh-huh. And it's like people often try to make a funny – story like make the make the plot of the story a bit quirky and weird and unexpected and I always find that that actually gets in the way of anything in the scenes being able to be funny because you're constantly trying to like renegotiate the facts of the story rather than just like how about you just make it make it a b c d e f g a very obvious linear thing so that your scenes can be funny and your characters can be funny yeah I don't I don't think I would even think to try and make the plot a funny thing on purpose because it's that seems hard to me to make that a weird thing right like yeah. i would like keep it as simple as possible and then just like allow the weird things to happen around it because yeah you're singing and dancing <laughs> you got no time to be like but also now the prince has become a dragon <laughs> and if it happens then great uh you know <laughs> nothing is wrong but like I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I'm like, is that bad though? Is that the example? That sounds kind of fun. There was one. There was one. Um, there was one show that stands out to me. That's like, I thought it was so wild. Like, um, so it's with Baby Wants Candy. So everybody's like experienced, like professional impro- musical improvisers. Mm-hmm. And we did, we did this show. I think it was like, I think it was like Kim Jong Un finds love or something. And. We had this whole show that was like a romantic musical and it was like Kim Jong-un and like his attache or something. And we were at like, we were at like 53 minutes. Like we're about to wrap up with like a big final number. And this guy, Zeke, he goes, he goes, he's weird. There's like a bunch of people on stage and he was like, he was like, yeah, I've been a coat hanger this whole time. And he was like a, just like a person who worked at the palace, and we were like, "What?" <laughs> he's, like, he's like, "Yeah, I've been a I've been a coat hanger this whole time." And um and and John, he's a basketball. <laughs> what the hell? Whoa! <laughs> but like, it's like the sort of insanity that I would expect from like a like an improv jam or something. Like, I don't know if you guys have those, but like you know, like a much different level <laughs> of improv. But the beautiful thing is like. I, I do so much improv. I want that wacky shit. Yeah. Like, because it's so unexpected and so fucking weird. And I'm like, not going to get on anybody for making an insane choice. Like, I don't, I think that's like, 
this kind of situation is when you do it, when you're like, I know these people very well. I really can't do anything to throw them off. Like, you know, if you're like just coming up, like don't pull some shit. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, you know, I was thro so thrown off for like a half a second. And then I was like, I was like, yeah, we've been in this whole Beauty and the Beast scenario ever since the spell happened. I've been, and like, I was like, I was thinking I was the attache and I was like, I'm an actual attache case. <laughs> and then we like, the final number was like us, like, I think we like got our human form back or something. But I was like, with seven minutes to go, Zeke? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. But you know, you just like be, be mindful about these things. <laughs> And the whole the story up until that point was like pretty straightforward. That was his problem. Zeke had a problem with that. Too straightforward for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, uh, I mean, you sort of uh, touched on this with the title of that musical. I assume that was an audience suggestion title. Yeah, they they call out the title of the musical, and that's what we perform. And being in a uh, like a popular show like that, I'm sure you have a much bigger minefield of like whacked out suggestions right 95 percent of the really of the ones that were like really <laughs> bothered me were from adelaide are you serious of course yeah. of course <laughs> i was like so i was i was like why does because we were there for i think we were there we did shows every night for like six weeks or something uh -huh. and i was like what is going on <laughs> i was like I mean, the suggestions were, like, uh, like, offensively sexual, extremely racial, like, the, like, we were, like, we're, and we're, like, at one point, we were, like, we're not doing, we just aren't doing any Trump stuff. We just aren't. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. separate from the first two examples that I was uh, given <laughs> the ideas of, but, like, I, oh, and they heckled, too. I'm, like, not trying to come for Adelaide, but that was, like, a that tour you was... come for him. <laughs> <laughs> they heckled. They heckled a lot. And I have never, ever been... In all the countries I've performed in, all the cities, I've never been heckled during a show because it's, like, there's a whole huge... There's a band. You're singing. Like, who's heckling during singing? <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Come on, Adelaide. What the hell? <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> But there were great bats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank God for our bats. Otherwise, Giovanni would just hate all of Australia. <laughs> so many bats, you guys. <laughs> Last thing I want to touch on uh, just slightly is like that thing you mentioned about like getting in sync together. And I think like I think improv is one of those ways to get on uh, in sync with someone and there's like there's a euphoria that can mm -hmm. occur. Um, but certainly... Uh, and certainly I felt it most in like in music, like when you hit a note together um, with someone or you just like get right in that harm harmony pocket and you just like look at each mm -hmm. other like, oh, my God, suddenly I'm, I'm in love with you for 30 seconds. So beautiful. It, and, yeah, it's very intense. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing really like it, is it? Because you just like lock eyes and you hit the note and you're like, we're in like we are creating something right now in this moment. But I've never experienced it in dance because I'm a terrible dancer and to be fair, I've never really tried to experience it in dance. How do you go about, like, how do you train musical, uh, sorry, improvised dancing? What do you, what do you do? When I have taught, I have taught improvised dance workshops and we talk about, like, fundamentally we talk about things like um, 
like levels like it can be really like things that can be aesthetically pleasing to an audience <clears throat> to see like if you're doing um background dancing like to see like oh these people are high and these people are low but they're doing something similar or like you know making a finding a way to like make a v or like doing something where like different people are featured like it's like having a dance break can be a really cool thing and a great way to just like rest your lyrical brain for a second in an hour-long show there was i think like maybe my favorite improvised it's weird to call it improvised choreography because it's not choreographed <laughs> but like yeah. um one of my favorite no my very favorite moment um was in scotland and so luckily like you know i'm i'm living with these people i'm traveling with them this is the the moment i'm talking about is the girl who lived in in new york so yeah. i had not met her before this tour and the audience suggestion was like i think it was like the the name of the musical was like oily or something weird <laughs> um but she like we're like doing the song whatever whatever opening number and then we just we locked eyes from across the stage from each other. She's like far on her side. I'm far on my side. We just locked eyes. And it was like, it was like something telepathic happened. And we, but we just like both like kind of had like a nod. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it was a totally imperceptible nod moment of yes. Then we both ran at full speed toward each other jumped into the air and slid on our stomachs across the stage sliding on our bellies as we crossed center stage and like the entire audience which was like 250 people was like ah! <laughs> of course they would <laughs> which is exactly how i felt because it was like how how the fuck could i have like yeah. how did i know yeah. that's what i was gonna do and that that's what <laughs> she was gonna do like a look does not, no look says, let's jump <laughs> into a full belly slide. Like, yeah. we don't know what, how our clothes will react to the ground. <laughs> like, if this is going to work at all. Like, are we, are we, like, what if she was like, I'm going to, we're going to jump on each other. And I was like, what? I thought we were going side by side. Um, but then, like, the other people in the cast were like, oh, hell yeah, that looks super fucking fun. And then, so it was kind of like, you just like take your spot and then everybody was just like fully jumping and sliding across the stage. I have never seen anything like it in any yeah. show that I have done or seen, yeah. but it was like, we just locked in and that was, that was completely wordless. No story. You know, it's the opening number. So there's no story. There's like, there were no lyrics in that moment. Not that we were singing anyway, but we just like connected it was kind of cosmic. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like it. It's amazing. You were like telepathic in that moment and you didn't even know it. Yeah, yeah, and you can have that too. Here's some advice. Find ways to be social. If you're like <clears throat> on a team, if you're like just getting on a Herald team or you're just like just starting with an, I don't know if you guys have indie teams, but like, I don't know if you're starting out with any group and I know we're in quarantine, but like to do zoom hangs to find like, or to do like, um, Jackbox night or socially distanced hikes or whatever it is, but to like find a way to build friendships with the people you're going to be playing with 
and even if you're not on a team to like just try and have like to foster relationships with other improvisers because I think it makes a huge difference you can absolutely do improv with people that you've never met before and have it be great but like I think that there's just something there's like a real there's a real magic that you can cultivate with people that like understand or like at least have an idea of like your humor what you think is funny where you where you line up and like I don't know I think you can just like push things so much further and like build so much more trust and like really really have more experimental fun and just fun oh can I say one more thing though fuck go a tip thing use real real people's names like (laughs) yeah I just think that like when you name when everybody's name is like George, Tim, Mary, Beth, whatever. I mean Beth, I know the, all of those are names that real people have. I'm sure you know people with those names, but like I mean, when you name somebody like John Carlo or like Anjay, I don't know. When it's like more interesting names, like I feel like people walking around the world just like have interesting names. Like they aren't all like old fashioned names. <laughs> yeah. And I just feel like it just sends you on in like the right headspace to like keep things fresh and like makes everything a little bit more real. I don't like I can name somebody Brawny in a scene. They don't all have to be Tim. I don't know what your common names are there, but like, oh my god, no more fucking Tims, you guys. Great. So uh, now we're going to do the scene, which is always oh fun. It's always a fun challenge. <laughs> Where's your guitar? Uh, there's one behind me just there. Wait, there's one just there. Or your keyboard. Are you going to play? No. Oh, you want are me to play? Are we going to do musical? You want to do musical? I mean, are we going to do musical or you want to do regular? Uh, I just would have, I would love to do musical. I would have thought the time sync is all oh yeah that's true you would have it would have to be if you wanted to do it it would have to be recorded music and you would do screen share yeah and then it would play the same for both of us yeah so i think we just <laughs> i didn't prepare all right i didn't prepare for all right, that fine but um <laughs> let the record show i said we should do it and it can be done and <laughs> brawny said nah bitch <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our suggestion is mall. Dude, you got fucking mauled by that bear. Uh, I don't know why you're laughing. I'm laughing because, like, you said, if we come out and we go camping and we do some drugs, nothing bad will happen. And then that bear was like, Ugh. yeah. No, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's pretty funny. <laughs> I guess I can Are see that. Are you okay, can... though, seriously? No, I can see why you're laughing. No, I can see why you're laughing. Um, I'm just coming to terms with the uh, state of my leg. But um, no, I can see. I get I'm... it. I, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> it's funny. No, I'm sorry. Look, Brent, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I think I'm just laughing because I'm, like, so uncomfortable. Like, I've never seen that much blood and bone and like the way that muscles are inside. Like I've never seen that before. So I think I'm just just trying to cope. You must be going through a lot. Yeah. I understand you're going through a lot. It's hard for you to deal with right now. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. It's not, it's not about my leg. Is it? No, it's about you. I'm just, you know, my childhood was like, man, like 
you know, I just like, I don't deal with trauma well. So like, if you could just like hold me through this time that I'm going through, that would help me a lot. Yeah, yeah, Sam, uh, I know that you'd, I, I know that you never got any toys that you asked for. I, I remember, I remember, I remember, okay. Um, what I'd love though, what I would love in this moment is um, just for once in our, you know, our goddamn relationship is a little bit of attention on me. And the fact Dude, that my bleeding. I didn't get toys. I didn't. I know you didn't. I get... didn't. So, like, is it that much to ask that you just hold me? Oh, I... boo-hoo, your leg is all torn up and the muscles are, com- are coming are coming out. Look, <laughs> dude, I didn't get fucking toys. Come on. It can be your moment another time. I, I, mate, I'm so keen to hold and comfort you at any time usually, but I think I'm going to lose my leg. I think this might be the end of my, my leg. I can't believe how selfish you're being. <laughs> Edit. New scene. <laughs> Hi. Can I interest you in a cell phone? Um, yeah, I'm just, uh, I've just got this Samsung one and I've, I've, Getting concerned about the privacy of Google and stuff like that. I just thought I might get a new one. Is that okay? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, I've seen you walk by my kiosk mm-hmm. here at the mall mm-hmm. several times already. Mm-hmm. I've also seen you in chemistry class. Oh. And I've seen you at my other job at Wetzel's Pretzels okay. on 8th Street. Right. So you don't have to make something up about privacy. You could just talk to me if you wanted to um sorry did you uh, i i uh, specifically wore different hats to all those locations i thought it would be i thought i would have gotten away with that did i not get away with that they were all yellow blue striped hats yeah so but they it... were from different eras yeah and different formation of stripes i would have thought no, well, no. I mean, I guess when it's diagonal, like, I don't really notice if it, the diagonal is going a different direction. Yeah, but not only that, some of the, I mean, one hat was a blue base with yellow stripes. The other hat was a yellow base with blue stripes. You know, I, I thought I've, God damn it. God damn it. I'm an don't idiot. No, I'm an no, idiot. Don't be I'm mad. An idiot. No, you're not. No, you're not. When you did that um, blue and yellow uh, chemical mixture in chemistry class, I thought that was really cute, the way it exploded to make the color that blue and yellow make together. What I'm saying is I already like you. I already like you. Okay. I'm, I appreciate that, and I'm, I'm happy to hear it. I just, I'm hung up on the fact that I didn't succeed in my disguises. I, I, have, a, I, have, a loose, I have a loose plan. I have a loose plan for my, my career ahead, and that's to be a private investigator. And, and, and I mean, sure. I want a girlfriend as well. And it seems like I might be sabotaging my chance to have a girlfriend right now. But in this moment, while you're telling me that you like me, I'm too pissed off about my prospects as a spy to even acknowledge that you like me. And I'm sorry, but I just can't be with you, Amy. I can't be with you. Okay. That's fine. Damien, right? Right. Damien, first of all, Ouch. Second of all, <laughs> private investigators and spies are not the same thing. So I really don't feel like you're going to succeed at either. Hats aside. Oh, 
Well, there's a bit of spying to do in it as a private, you know, you got to sit in your car they for a long time. They both have sneakiness, but they're different professions. Well, that's the sneakiness that I'm failing at. Yeah, I, which I can't is be why either. you can't succeed at either profession. You could have succeeded at having me as a girlfriend, but apparently you didn't want to succeed at that either. I won't be able to provide for you if I can't be a spy or a, or a, or a thief. A thief? Okay, you got to go. You got to go. Another? <laughs> no, that's enough. <laughs> we got it. We got two scenes the first time. It's a, I don't know. A, that's Three a first. feels right, but okay. Talk to you later. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. There you have it, my friends, Giovanni. Uh, how fun is she? If you had fun and want to continue having fun with her, you can go watch Between Two Ferns on Netflix. You can also follow her on Instagram, at Giovanni. If you like the podcast, please tell your friends and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, please. Until next time, my friends, look after yourselves and Jerry Springer.